Welcome to Bayside's podcast. Our prayer is that this message will bring you some love, truth and life into all that you do. Uh, We've had a good couple of weeks here at church. Caleb shared the last couple of weeks on faith and finances and uh, that was really encouraging and great teaching in the first one and a real heart share last week. So if you weren't here or you didn't hear them, they are available online. Shameless plug for our Bayside podcast. Um, And you can also access that and all the other preachers that you might have missed via our website as well. Uh, I'm excited to announce in two weeks' time, uh, on the 3rd of March, we are going to be having our first family lunch for the year. Woohoo! Um, so our dear Andrew, he's not here today, is he? He's celebrating his 40th birthday. He's a very busy man. This oh, he doesn't mind. He looks young. He looks very young, actually. You would not even you. Okay, hush now, hush now. Can um, someone get the hecklers, please? Um, so Andrew has had a heart for hospitality, and he is a great meat cooker. He is low and slow on that barbecue. He knows how to do it well. So he and um, a team are going to be putting that lunch together. So that's in two weeks time. And we look forward to, yeah, just sharing with you guys over a meal. Amen. 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 Cool. Uh, Looking around the room here, I'm confident because I know many of you, but I just want to ask a question. Who has ever studied something in their lives? A lot of you, yeah. So whether it's school, whether it's a certificate, whether it's some kind of master's or like heavy qualification that took years and years of study, hands up, yes, a lot of us have studied something, yes, amen. Um, the process of study is generally that there is a desire to study that field. It's not very often you dedicate yourself to months and years at a time if you have no interest in that field, correct? Correct. There's generally a desire there, then there's a decision that you're going to study, then there is an application and generally an acceptance that you have been accepted to study this particular field. We apply ourselves, don't we? Because when we've made that decision, and often it's, you know, financial investment, we want to apply ourselves to the study, and so we do that, and we want to uh, have the best outcome possible. Um, After a time of proving our knowledge and competency, we achieve a certificate and recognition And we begin to grow as an expert in the field that we study. Is that true? Generally, you would hope so. I really hope our doctors are experts in their field. Amen. But I just want to ask you a question. Whoever, with all their study they've done, with the niche that you've chosen, whatever it is you've chosen to apply yourself to, who sometimes still feels like they're really, there's always other people that are better than you? All right? Like, let's be real here. That's life. There's always other people that you think, oh, they're way more talented. It comes naturally to them. Um, They're very gifted with their hands, with whatever they do. Sometimes we can just feel ordinary, even though we've applied ourselves and studied and applied ourselves in a particular field. Is that right? Who knows that in our family... God bless our families. I love Bayside and all the families that we've got represented here, hey? All our kids, our babies, our grandparents wide range of generations, which I love. Uh, In our families, our family can push us to some extreme emotions. (laughs) The back row does not agree. Our family can push us to some extreme emotions because, you know, God created family to be a refining place for us, isn't it? Okay. Um, One of the designs that God created for families is sanctification. Okay. 
So he's always working on us, he's always using us in our families. Um, we are still, we are accepted, we are adopted by Christ when we accept him in our, into our lives, but there's still some work to be done, okay? Fruits of the Spirit to be grown, anyone? Love, peace, patience, joy, all those things. Um, I just want you to have a quick think if there are ever any moments of realisation that you realise you're perhaps the no, not the most patient person out there. <laughs> perhaps you have some work to grow some kindness or some joy inside of your life. Like I'm talking to myself here, we're all a work, uh, work in progress. The emo- there are moments within our intimate circles of people that we realise we are still being sanctified with help from the Holy Spirit. During one of these, during these times, we can feel as if other people are way more patient than we are. Other people have a big capacity. And sometimes, again, we can just feel ordinary. We can just feel like, oh, I've got all these things to grow in. I'm not, I'm not that good at being patient. I'm not that good at being joyful when things don't go my way. I don't get that good parking spot or I didn't win the lotto. Um, but all jokes aside, in the deep things in life, sometimes we know that there are things to be done in there. Uh, I want to read to you a brief devotional. Now, I love devotionals because they're often written by people who have studied a certain subject, so they can unveil Scripture for us to understand. So it always aligns with Scripture, but they unveil it with often stories, and creatives often write devotionals, do they not? Because I guarantee you that there are people all throughout the Bible that also felt very ordinary. We're in good company with ordinary people. And this devotional is called Confessions of an Unqualified Teenager, Mary. Oh God Almighty, I am coming before you with an overwhelming sense of helplessness. I am so unqualified for what you've asked me to do. I am a nobody. Am I supposed to raise this child who's the world's saviour? What do I know of child rearing? God, there are so many more qualified women than me. More patient, better cooks, more well-spoken and smarter than me. How can Joseph and I raise this child? My mother wasn't perfect and I see her imperfections in myself. What if I mess up? The angel told me you highly favour me. I certainly couldn't have done anything to deserve such high praise. I am so ordinary My head is still reeling about the fact that I have this child in me in the first place. How? When? What am I going to say to my friends, my relatives? Who's going to believe me? What if I mess everything up? I don't want to be responsible for other people. I can barely take care of myself. What if people laugh at me and doubt my ability? What if they say they can do a better job? I would probably agree with them. What a big task I have ahead of me. It seems daunting and impossible. I feel so small and I want to give up sometimes. Sincerely, the unqualified teenager. The Lord writes, Loving Mary, you are carrying my most prized possession, my son. Your willingness to learn and humility made you just perfect for this job. You don't claim to know it all, yet you are willing. I love my people so much that I promised to send my son to save them. Without you, that would not happen. Even though you are startled and confused, 
you were humble and ready to be used. You called yourself a servant of the Lord and said, let this happen to me. It might not seem like much to you to say, okay, Lord, I am yours. But that is all I ask. Simple words said in the dark with open hands. No music, no crowds, no mountaintop moment is needed. I will use your simple gifts to my good and gracious will. Do you feel unqualified? You're right, you are. I am the only one who will supply you with everything you need when you need it. You're worried about what others will think, say or do. You don't need to be. My grace will sustain you and give you what you need. No task I give you is too much for you because I daily sustain you. Every breath you take is a gift from my hand. You don't even know how often I've rescued you from death and kept you from danger. If you only knew all the things I have done for you, even to exist today, none of it is by accident. I have called each person by name, including you. You're mine forever. Love your heavenly Father. Let's pray. Lord, what a privilege it is to gather here together with uh, the body of believers and your word changes us, it penetrates us. I just pray we have open hearts and spirits this next period of time. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. We're here for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, what a beautiful creative license, but not unlike what Jesus would have said to us, eh? Today, the title of my message is called Being Ordinary Qualifies You. Who likes that? That's some good news, isn't it? How many times in our self-talk have we discounted or disqualified ourselves from a certain path or a certain faith step because we think that we are too ordinary or because we haven't got it all together or because we're not the most skilled person in the room? It can be too easy to rush on with devotions and reading spots in the Bible that we can often forget that it is pivotally, pivotally, very, it's very important. <laughs> Don't try it. See, not the smartest in the room and that's okay. Um, it is so important for us to continually remind ourselves of good biblical truths to renew our minds because we have a responsibility to see ourselves the way that Christ sees us. Amen. We have to be renewing our minds. And today I want us, I want you to come with me on a journey Together, let's pack up our bags, our doubt, our lack of faith, and that God could be used within our lives. And let's go on a journey of mind renewal, amen, where we end up pitching our tents in the village of God can use me. Okay? Okay. The thing is, God does not see you as ordinary. God does not see you as ordinary. We need to see ourselves how God sees us. So what we're going to do, we're going to open the Word of God to remind ourselves a little bit of what God has to say about you. And just a side note, I encourage you, I don't know how you read your Bible, because we're all created in God's image, we're creative people. And so a lot of us are morning people, a lot of us are night people, a lot of us are people that love the plans and love to stick to the plans, and a lot of us are people that have a loose loose schedule when it comes to plan and you open and you read what's in front of you and all of that is okay. But I encourage you, 
whether it's something I say today or whether it's scriptures that you know and that you love, have some key scriptures that apply to you and your life about who God says you are. Keep them in the front of your Bible. Keep them in your toilet. Keep them where your kids are going to see them. Keep them somewhere where you'll be reminded on your phone screen, whatever. I encourage you to apply. It doesn't have to be 25 of the scriptures of what God says to me. You can do that if you want. But I encourage you, grab a few of these scriptures today and make them your own because they are for you. All right, what qualifies us? Let's have a look and a reminder of who Jesus says that we are. Jesus says that you are loved. Jesus says that you are loved. I'm going to be reading out of a few scriptures from Ephesians today. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. You are loved. You're not ordinary because you are loved. Ephesians 3.17 says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp. How wide? Everyone say, how wide? Correct. How long? How high? And how deep is the love of Christ? And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That does not sound like an ordinary relationship with an ordinary God, does it? That sounds like you are loved. You are also a masterpiece. We're just, we're just going to go through this. You are also a masterpiece, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Everyone say good works again. Oh, you guys are oh, nailing it today. Good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has prepared good works in advance for you to do. You feeling ordinary, you thinking that you're ordinary, you thinking that you've got to wait till you're a certain age or you have to wait till you've got certain qualifications or you have to wait till, you know, you sort this, this and this out in life doesn't actually qualify. It doesn't actually work for us because if we're people of faith, if we've accepted Jesus into our hearts and into our lives, you are nothing but ordinary because you are renewed and restored by the blood of Jesus. And he sees you as his son and his daughter. You've been adopted into the family, amen? You are his special workmanship, and he has got good things for you to do. Also, how often is it easy for us to disqualify ourselves according to our past? We think, well, I haven't, I haven't been able to do X, Y, Z because of this, or I've come from this type of family, or I struggle, or I have struggled, or I am struggling with this. I want to remind you today, you're forgiven. Colossians says, When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. All our sins. There's no caveat in here. Having cancelled the charge which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Being ordinary qualifies you. It qualifies you for God loving you, qualifies you for you being a masterpiece, it qualifies you that you're forgiven, it qualifies you for the destiny and the plans and the purposes that he has for you. God does not have specific physical measures, worldly measures that we have to meet for him to be able to use us effectively. Ordinary, ordinary is enough for God to be able to use. I think that knowing these three points in our hearts 
allows us, allows us, and if we know, not just know, if we know these, it allows us to give ourselves permission to be used by God. Because if we truly know that we are loved, then we know that he has the best plans for us. If we truly know that we're a masterpiece created by God, then we know that he has equipped us to do good works. If we truly understand the goodness and fullness of his forgiveness, then we don't allow guilt or the past to direct our future. We understand we've got a clean slate, forgiven and ready to be used for whatever good purposes we have. Being ordinary qualifies you today. I think what else qualifies us is being connected to the vine. I couldn't escape from this scripture. Uh, John 15, 1, it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. What I love about this, if you think of, I mean, a lot of us, we live in a wine region here on the Flurio, don't we? So even if you haven't visited a winery, you've certainly driven past multiple of them. And uh, if, you, if you recall, they're in kind of straight lines and then there are the actual plant planted every so often, aren't they? So from the roots, uh, it's growing up and then it spreads out across and the farmers trellis them, do they not, to be able to get the most out of their fruit. But the vines at the end, they have complete dependence on what is sowed into the ground over here, don't they? The vines on the end cannot, cannot do their own thing. It depends on the health of what's going into the soil. There is complete dependence when we are attached to the vine of God. There is a need for constant connection. You cut something off the end there, what's going to happen? It'll die. It'll wither. It'll fade away because it needs to be connected. And I love that God can use us in our ordinary state and ordinary people when we are connected to him. It is being connected to the vine. Uh, Leanne spoke, uh, just another plug for our podcast. I don't know why, I'm just, I just love it. We've got some good quality preachers in this church, don't we? Good quality people. Leanne spoke last year about an alternative understanding of this passage. A few scholars have looked into and believe the ancient Greek word ero, which translates to takes away, more accurately, accurately translates to lifts up. The idea is that the father lifts up unproductive vines off the ground, which was a common practice of vineyard care, and those caring for ancient grapevines made sure to lift them up off the ground so that they can get more sun and bear fruit better. Our God is a loving, gracious God, and he wants you to be exposed to his son even more. Another thought, you've heard it said that comparison is the thief of joy. Right, has everyone heard that kind of comparison is the thief of joy? This was shared by Theodore Roosevelt, and given the social media rise that certainly happened today since he spoke it, it is even more true now than it was back then. Psychology Today, through its research, says that people spend at least 10% of their daily thoughts involving comparison with someone else of some kind. 
And I bet half of us don't even realise that because it's a subconscious thought rolling around thinking, oh, we're not as good as them or we haven't quite made it or, you know, they've got that car, they dress like that, they weigh that much, they look like that, they have that. There's often subconscious thoughts and that's why it's so important to keep bringing our thoughts into alignment of what the scripture says to us and having those scriptures that you can keep relying on and bringing your thoughts in captive, amen? We cannot compare ourselves to other people because God made us uniquely special and with a unique plan and purpose ahead of us. What I love about God is he does things differently to the world. He works on a different system. He works on a different spiritual way. I want to read from 1 Corinthians 1.27. Instead, God has chosen the world's foolish things to shame the wise And God has chosen the world's weak things to shame the strong. And I just want to tell you quickly about some of the foolish things that God has used in the Bible. We have written record of it. It actually happened. See, if you're feeling ordinary, God used a stick multiple times. God used a stick to do something pretty special. In Exodus, God asks Moses to pick up a stick and proceeds to tell him to throw it down on the ground. This happened a couple of times. If you're familiar with the story, he throws a stick on the ground and it turns into a serpent and Moses has an absolute freak out because he has a phobia and God's just like slamming him with like, you need to get over this snake phobia, mate, because you're going to be seeing him. Uh, And then he goes and does it in front of Pharaoh creative license, what can I say? Um, He goes and does it in front of Pharaoh again. But what I love is that when something ordinary is partnered with the power and the life of the living God, there is no limit to what it can achieve, no matter how ordinary. I mean, there are sticks out in the car park. There are sticks at your house. There are sticks along the side of the road. They are everywhere. They are the most ordinary, common thing out there. Yet God partnered with him, can use the stick to bring glory to his name and to achieve a plan and a purpose, can he not? Come on. It was used to turn into a venomous snake. It was dipped into the Nile and turned the whole river to blood. It was banged upon a rock to produce water when they were in the wilderness. And it was used to part the Red Sea, of course. God uses ordinary things for his great purpose and his good. Being ordinary qualifies you. Something else crazy God used, very ordinary, is a donkey. That's not what my Bible said. That's not the word that it originally said. But in the case of being G-rated, God used a donkey. In Numbers, um, God uses a donkey to physically speak to Balaam because he was being so obstinate. You recall the story. And uh, if you don't know, the donkey was walking with Balaam on a certain direction. The donkey, who was open to the spiritual, you know, he could see what was happening. A really freaky angel kept on jumping out in front of him. So the donkey would turn away and, and Balaam was like, you disobedient thing, whack, probably with another stick. Um, see, they're so common. Um, and after the third beating, then God opens Balaam's eyes and he can see the angel when he gets a big talking to God gives the donkey an ability to physically speak. God uses ordinary things to do extraordinary things. That's good news for us. Uh, Another thing, just finally, is an axe head. God used an axe head. In two kings, Elisha and a team of men were cutting down the trees at the Jordan River. Elisha came down to check on the progress and an axe head flung off into the water. 
They did not have an Ock Health and Safety Board because that would definitely be some red flags there. And Elisha happened to be there and the man cried out saying, Oh, Master, it was borrowed. It was borrowed. So Elisha says, Okay, point out roughly where it is in the river. And Elisha then picks up a stick, throws it into the water, and what happens to the axe head? It floats to the surface. Nothing special about the stick, nothing special about an axe head, honestly. But God used it to encourage all the men that were there that were building and moving forwards in his purposes and plans, and he wanted to bless that man. God uses ordinary things partnered with him for extraordinary purposes. We are blessed to be ordinary because it means God can use it. If he can use inanimate objects, he can use us. I want to encourage you today not to discount yourself because of how you feel or how you view yourself. We need to view ourselves through the lens of Scripture, through how Jesus speaks to us. So that's why I wanted to share those Scriptures. I want to remind you that your past is not your future. You are part of the vine and so forth. You are led and pruned and guided by the best vine dresser that there is. God uses the foolish things of the world, what looks to be plain and ordinary, for his purposes. And I encourage you today, do not disqualify yourself. Being ordinary, being human, is a good thing. And like that devotion we read about, you know, Mary saying, and uh, scholars think she was about 17 or 18 at the time, unmarried woman, obviously pregnant with baby Jesus, about to get married. She had no clue. Could you imagine having an angel coming and sharing that with you? Yet she said, yes, Lord, I'm your servant. Let it go forth as you said. And I think that's a great example for a prayer of our own hearts. We all have different journeys. We have different obstacles. Uh, We all have things that we need to conquer in our minds and in our hearts. The best thing we can do, yes, Lord, I'm your servant. I know that I don't have it all together. And that's exactly how he wants it. Because he wants to partner with you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants you to rely on him and his spirit and his strength and his guidance and his leading. Every day. Not just on Sundays. Not just once a year when you get your feel-good tinglies at church. Maybe God wants you to rely on him every day. To lead, to guide, to be used in his extraordinary, to partner with him so he can use you. I want to pray this morning just before we close today, and I'd love to invite you just to stand up with me, and we're, gonna, uh, we're just going to talk to Jesus. This is between you and him, and uh, the reason I get you to stand up is because you've been sitting for 20 minutes, uh, but also sometimes something physical can activate. You know, it's, it's us saying, yes, Lord, we want to participate in this. Uh, if this is for you today, I just want you to put your hand on your heart. This isn't, but I'm not looking, the person next to you isn't looking, this is for you. If you have struggled with or if you have felt, I'm just so ordinary, God can't use me. I'm just so behind in these areas, God can't use me. And you've allowed things of the world, you've allowed comparison to steal your joy and to steal your identity. Or perhaps you haven't been standing fully in the identity that Christ calls you to. Let's have a talk to Jesus. Let's recognize that we may have disqualified ourselves. Lord, 
I thank you that you're a good, gracious God. You're a loving Father. And you desire for your family, for your bride, for your sons and your daughters to stand in the fullness of who you've called us to be. And Jesus, where we've perhaps disqualified ourselves or uh, shut ourselves down or just made excuses, feeling way too plain Jane or way too ordinary, renew our minds, Lord. Renew our minds so that we see ourselves through who you say we are. We are loved, we are chosen, we are redeemed, we are set free, we are equipped. We don't want to hold back thinking that we can't be used by you. We want to step forwards into the plans and the purpose. We want to partner with you, our ordinary, with your extraordinary for something supernatural and something great, Lord. Jesus. And for anyone here today that perhaps doesn't know him and you're hearing this and it kind of is sparking something within you and you but you haven't actually made a decision to get to know this loving God that I'm talking about. I invite us all to say a prayer and if this is you today, you can start your journey with Jesus today. It doesn't have to be anything special. It is just a today between you and him moment. So I'd invite church, let's just pray together and if that's you, You make it between you and Jesus this morning and we're available to answer any questions or give you a Bible afterwards. Heavenly Father, I invite you to speak after me, church. Heavenly Father, Father, thank you that you gave your son. You gave your son for me on the cross. And Lord, I want to get to know you. I want to live in the fullness of you. I want to be friends and I want you to lead and guide me. Starting from today. Amen. Amen. Hey, if that's you, we're open to conversation. We're a family here. We all started somewhere. We all actually had to pray that prayer. Some of it was in church. Some of it was in our bedroom. Some of it was in the lowest moments of our life. But Jesus hears and he responds and he's there for us whenever we talk about it. Hey. Church, I encourage you, find those key scriptures. Find those scriptures that speak to you and speak to your identity. Keep them at your forefront. Don't just go on reading the Bible. Yes, yes, that's good. That's doing a good thing. But let it transform you from the inside out on who Jesus says you are. Because being ordinary qualifies you. It qualifies you for Jesus to use you in your life and in the plans and the purposes that he has for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, we've got an early minute. Why don't you go buy someone a coffee? If you knew you get a coffee on us for free. Don't forget, next week we've got Jubilee lunch and our food Sunday. So bring along your non-perishables. We love you guys. Praying for you. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can visit us at baysidechurch.org.au or listen to any more of our podcasts on your favourite listening app.